Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show and glad to have everybody here. I hope you had a great, great week. And I know those folks in Tallahassee, you know, we know that uh, DMC from Rum DMC was there this past week. And guess what? We got a chance to talk to him. Uh, We're going to play that for you um, later, like next week or something like that. Right. Uh, But it was just exciting talking to him. Because uh, he's got a powerful message. Uh, so we go from somebody with a powerful message, y'all, to an actual powerful person uh, this week. One of the mo- most powerful politicians in Tallahassee, Senate Democratic leader Lauren Book. She's dedicated her life, y'all, her entire life to public service. A mom, an advocate, an educator. She is uh, also founder of Lauren's Kids. And I know a lot of us know Lauren's Kids. We see the billboards. We, we see the walk every year. But this is an organization that educates adults and children about sexual abuse prevention through in-school curriculum, resources for families, award-winning awareness campaigns, and speaking engagements across country and the world. So, listeners, I'm happy to have Senator Lauren Book uh, on the show. We've been trying to get her for a while, but she's here. Senator, thank you for being here. How you doing? Shawnee P., I'm excited, but Run DMC is way cooler than me. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. But, look, you're a powerful figure uh, who does not shy away from speaking on matters publicly or privately. But, uh, you know, one of the nation's 42 million sexual abuse survivors you are and you endured six years of silence and you know obviously being close to you and your family uh, I got to see you know the results of that personally um, through not the first trial but the second trial and I mean you've been you've been through a lot your journey is 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 public so I'm not I'm not laying out any secrets here but Tell us about your journey to become silent no more. Sure, and and thank you because you know I I often talk about um, you know the the community that it takes to become a thriving survivor, and you've always been a part of my family, but um, a part of a, a, a larger community that makes um, makes it okay and lets survivors know that um, you can heal and become a thriving survivor. Um, you know, I grew up um, in a house where. Um, mental health challenges existed and uh, where I think, you know, we were bred, I oftentimes say, to be abused. Uh, So you don't talk about the mental health challenges that these members of my family suffered with. Um, And so when you're you're growing up in an environment when um, secrecy is something that's taught and important, um, things like this tend to happen. Um, we know that one in three girls and one in five boys will become the victim of child sexual abuse before their 18th birthday. Um, and we know that 90% of the time, children are abused by someone they know, love, and trust. And that was the case uh, for me. 
Um, you know, my dad was somebody who went up to Tallahassee and engaged in the process and so was go- gone quite a bit of time. And so uh, my family relied on um, caretakers to make sure that um, my sister, my brother and I were, you know, getting to school on time, homework was done, dinner was made. Um, and uh, somebody was able to um, pray upon to, to pray upon me and um, the situation that existed in my life. And, um, you know, one of the things that I have always um, taken with me is uh, where much is given, much is expected. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I'm very blessed in a lot of ways in my life. Um, but, you know, I've also, I was a victim at a very early age um, for a very long time. And I knew that if I survived it, if I came out the other side, once I dealt with, you know, the aftermath, when um, when Waldy, my abuser, um, fled to Oklahoma and was, you know, trial happened and all that, that I was going to make it different. And that happened when a victim's advocate came to came to our home and said I needed to get an HIV and AIDS test. Um, thankfully, uh, I tested negative. But um, what you may or may not know, and what your listeners may or may not know, is that. Um, HIV and AIDS can lay dormant in your system before it will show up. And so we petitioned the court to have um, have Waldina tested. Way to find out in the state of Florida, I wasn't entitled to even ask wow. um, for that wow. test of an accused. Yeah. And so when you um, are a survivor who is pissed off and um, wants to make a difference, that sure set something in motion. And so um, there was no turning back. And uh, I decided that I was going to not only share my story, my family was going to support me in that, um, but that I was going to dedicate my life to survivors, to survivorship, to thrivership, and to always shining a light in dark places, fighting for the little guy or <laughs> the little guy or the little gu- the little girl who needs it. And um, so we were all these years later, and I'm, you know, proud of of the work that we've done and that we continue to do. Well, because there was no model. There was no, there like. was no model, and Florida led leads the way now in uh, the prevention and laws that lead to prevention and the criminalization of sexual abuse because of Lawrence kids. And I wonder though, um, not everybody has the kind of power that you had access to, right? Not everybody had a dad. Look, Ron Book has been the top you know, lobbyist, lawyer in the state for a long time, former chief of staff to Governor uh, Graham way, way back, way, way, way back in the day. <laughs> um, but so what not dating him at all. I, I'm not. I would never do that. <laughs> but, but, but what advice do you have for victims um, to strengthen from a state of, of powerless to powerful? What advice would you give that person who doesn't feel like they have the power to connect to to a system that cares so i think the most important thing is that they a feel like they're not alone um and that's i think you know one of the most important things and, and why i constantly why we did the walk as many times as we did and why we um do the work that we do in in the communities that we do across the state and in schools and in classrooms um, because I think the first and most important thing is that we teach children before they become, um, because hopefully we can prevent those things from happening, um, 
but teach them that they that no matter how big or how small, they all have that all children have rights. They have a right to safety, um, and they have a right to be heard. And um, so there's that piece of it. Um, but I think that you know, when you are a survivor of this type of abuse, everything is taken from you. The power, the control. You're told that you're nothing, and no one will be there for you. And I think that there's a you know that piece where you just have to take that leap of faith and know that somebody is there. One of the things that's so important that, that we do as an organization is ensure that um, <clears throat> healthy and safe adults around children know how to spot the signs of abuse, know how to react and respond when a child does disclose, so that we can get them the help that they need. Because you can't do it on your own. Um, you know that disclosure, however that whatever that looks like, making sure that that the adult in that child's life gets them the help that they need. And one of the things that we teach the kids that we do teach. It, you know, you go tell a grown-up buddy, someone who's old enough to drive a car and somebody who's outside of your family. Um, because the other piece of this that is so important is to understand the psychology, not just of a survivor that I can obviously understand all too well and, and, and live with every single day, um, but understanding the pathology of, a, of a, an abuser and knowing how they target children. And so the power um, is knowing that there are people out there that love you and have had the same journey that you have because you feel isolated and you feel alone um, but you're not and there are people that will make sure that you get the help that you need and want you to know that no matter how bad it is um, no matter how you may think you can't and won't come out the other side you can and you will. You'll become a thriving survivor. It takes work. It takes a village, that village, your family, um, and therapists, but you will. And um, and I'm li- living proof that that's the case. You are living proof. And I proof. meet survivors yeah. every day. Yeah, and, and, and I know that yeah. people come up to you crying because you've helped them through their journey and your journey has helped them through their journey, right? Um, and whether you are not a public servant or you are a public servant as you are right now as a senator you are we know you as a protector of children and a relentless fighter for for policies that impact vulnerable populations but one of your other titles that sticks out to me is your love and pride for being a mom I mean I love that and and I I knew you when you weren't a mom so seeing you as a mom is is just it's inspiring and it's transformational how is it being a how how is being a parent shaped your work? Wow. Um, well, so I um, because of some of the abuse that I endured, um, we didn't know that I could have kids, um, and so I had to really rely on science to to help make that happen for me and for Blair and our family. Um, and so I, you know, I I look at these kids that are very bossy, uh, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just, uh, gifts, you know, as all children are. Um, but, uh, you know, I look at them every day and I, you know, knowing, um, the journey that it took to, to, to have them, um, not just the, the healing that I had to do emotionally from the abuse, um, but physically as well. And then the journey of, um, you know, IVF to have them, um, was it's 
it's remarkable. And, you know, I, you have to do all kinds of healing to, to, um, to, to, to be a whole individual and a thriving survivor. And, you know, that mom piece is real. And so I, um, I thank the universe every day for those, for these two kids. Um, and I, you know, I love to watch them grow and I like to, um, you know, they're, you know, they're crazy, these kids. <laughs> and I, um, I just, I do parent uh, my daughter differently um, than I do my son. And you and I, is that and, on purpose? Um, Leader Brainin actually is, have had. Is that on purpose? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I okay. Think, talk to us about that. Yeah, you're, so you're a girl dad. Yes. You're a girl dad. Yes. But like, you know, you and I have had, because of the policy side of our life, have had a lot of conversations that have come through the legislature you know, Leader Brainin and I have oftentimes talked about, you know, the talk that he has to have with his sons that are very different than conversations that I will have to have with my son. I know and I am very much aware that I teach my daughter and treat her differently um, than I do my son. Part of that probably is, you know, just the facts that I know that she's at a greater, greater likelihood of, of being assaulted or abused at some point in her life. Um, that there are, are certain things that she needs to be aware of and, and be careful of. And I'm very mindful of that. I'm very cognizant of that. It's very interesting when you have two kids, different genders, right? Like boy, girl, um, and they're the same age, kind of like how you watch that um, progress. And as a, and as a mom of, of, of a little boy and a little girl, I'm very much aware of, um, of that for me and it's a a part of that it goes back to the abuse and you know we oftentimes find survivors who you know once they become the age that once their children become the age that they were when they were abused it's a very difficult thing and so I'm I'm always mindful of of those parts of of that journey um as a mom and as a survivor and, and mindful of that um when I when when I'm raising my my kids uh because I I want them to be aware of, of their surroundings. I want them to um, be able to use their voice. And, you know, people think I'm, I'm kind of crazy sometimes. I can remember Hudson was on the tennis court, and he ran over to his um, his coach, and he said, Coach Bobby, guess what? I have a penis. Do you have a penis? <laughs> and my mom has a vagina. And I, my father, you know, is dying. And, you know, I want my kids to know the private parts of their body. I want them to know that if something happens, to to um, to do to to report those things to mom or dad yeah, or Bob yeah. or someone in their trusted triangle. I, I laugh. I can do. I, I, I laugh when you because, know better, you do better. Yeah, I, you know, I laugh because I'm just picturing a kid running across doing that. But but there's nothing. Oh, yeah. Really funny about the reason why you in, no. you know engage in that and 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 that's a philosophy that oh no it's funny because yeah, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's extremely funny i, I can see it in my head it's, <laughs> it's different yes you know it's I, just a different way i mean it is but you but you've you but 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 i can connect to it because your reasoning for doing it is your it, it attaches to your experience Right. You're you, for a while. Yeah. You didn't yeah. want to say anything. You you were conflicted for well, so but long. Also, too, it goes. Yeah. And it goes back to, you know, some of what we were talking about, about understanding predators and offenders and knowing that they know that adults feel uncomfortable having those conversations with kids and they take advantage of that. 
So they give special names for private parts. And they know that people don't want to talk about them with kids. So they take them up on it. And so I think like it's, it's knowing and understanding those things. Knowing and understanding that there are people out there that seek to harm our children. And, you know, wanting and knowing, um, knowing ways to do better. When you know better, you do better. And, you know, I want them to be a better version of, um, of, of me. And I want, you know, them to be a better version of, 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 uh, of my husband and my, my parents. Um, because you're healing cycles of abuse. Uh, and that's how you do that, right? And you um, you provide a better a better a way of a way of being than what you had. And yeah. um, so that's like one example of yeah. of this journey a as example. a mom for me. That's a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm a girl dad, as you said, and you and I are both in the twin coalition. Yes. And and listen, girls are so incredibly yes. special, and they just have these little personalities that. It's it's just hard to compare them to much and, and just a sweet innocence. And, and let me say to my listeners, I know you guys that are raising boys, they're amazing, too. I'm a, I was a boy. Um, I just don't have any. So so I can only speak from from my experience. But I, I love you talking us through how you how you raise them differently. I want to I want to switch to your mm-hmm. your senator role now, though, because, you know, you fought for Medicaid expansion twice and have now secured life-saving donor breast milk for our state's tiniest babies. Um, Why was this an important issue for you to accomplish? Well, so, you know, when I came to the legislature, as you know, I had just had the kids. Uh, They were two weeks old when I um, came up for my first legislative session, um, the pro tem to leader Brainin, and didn't know what the heck I was doing. But I knew that, um, but save Senator um, Senator Flores, there were no young moms. There were no, there were very few young right. people yeah. before <laughs> Chev got there, right? right? Like very few who understood um, that journey and that path. For I mean, I love my colleagues, but at, you know, then and, and still now, a lot of older men. Shocking, I know. Um, so like they didn't know what it meant to to try to change a baby in a bathroom that didn't have. You know, a a diaper changing station. Right, right. Uh, They didn't know what it meant to have to breastfeed, um, you know, in the corners of rooms and, you know, hide a breast pump in places to to do that. That was just not their journey or their experience. They also, you know, they they didn't know what it was like to have to, um, you know, learn and, and spend time with folks who kept their kids in diapers longer than they had to because they needed to make decisions about buying new diapers or putting food on the table or what it meant to have a brand new preemie newborn and having a disease like necrotizing endocolitis that I'll never have to, I, you know, is, is a special, you know, thing that I learned um, very early on that, that kills young babies and breast milk is the only thing that you can do for those tiny, tiny, tiny newborns. Um, you know, and, and making sure that there was postpartum care and coverage um, for the first year after birth, making sure that postpartum depression was something that families looked at. Um, so I, I, I have always taken my time um, to, to pay attention to, um, to, to those who, who come and share with me and, you know, the authentic experiences that, that I live and that, you know, the people around me share with me. That's you know, where I believe my place is in the body to, to bring forth good policy. 
um, and I am so proud of of the diaper tax exemption for this year. One that I joke around that my kids were in diapers when I started advocating for and that I would probably be an incontinence product when it passed. Thankfully, that wasn't the case. But, um, you know, those are things that were are, are, are so important um, and uh, that I'm proud of each and every day to have the ability to, to advocate on behalf of, of, of women and families, young families, children across our state. Um, that are our most vulnerable, and I um, and I'm excited to to go back and, and and do the work, and you know because of redistricting and and um, term limits, two more years, and uh, you know have a lot of great policy to still work on. Yeah, that's certainly the case. I mean, um, <laughs> listen, today is May first, and and we made it more than first quarter of 2022 and, and survived legislative session. And I, I say survived legislative session leader book <laughs> because uh, much of session felt uh, incredibly personal this year, uh, in part because we were taking issues that are going to deeply affect Floridians. And you as the Democratic leader, I mean, it was it was tough to lead the Democrats in a way that they didn't get discouraged because it seems that the Republicans can do almost anything they want to do. And I tell you, you recently shared a press release regarding the passage and signage of HB7, which is commonly known as Stop Woke mm-hmm. Act, yeah. <laughs> limiting uh, how schools, yeah. colleges, yeah. and businesses discuss issues of race. In your opinion, what what are the cultural and generational implications of censoring conversations about these important well issues we've been talking about all our lives i think i think this entire legislative session has been um a despicable disgrace uh you know i we we talked a lot about um you know my reverence for the process and and how long i've been around um i've never ever in my life uh, seen a time where we are where we are um you know when it's it, whether it's the Stop Woke Act, or Don't Say Gay, or banning a woman from having a right to choose without an exemption for rape and incest. Um, I am deeply, deeply, deeply troubled and disturbed about where we're going. Um, I think that 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 how that HB seven is one that um, you know. I think about uh, Pro Tem Powell and Senator um, Randolph Bracey's debate. Senator Rusan, um, you know, all of the, you know, those are lived experiences. Some of the things that Senator Jones talked about, why would we continue to um, want to discourage the celebration of an education of individuals about the real true history of who and what we are? You know, I think about Senator Bracey, who talked about his mom and how she was the first African-American young girl in a school in Orange County. Why would we not want to make sure that generations of children understand and know that these things happened in their parents' lifetimes, in their lifetimes? I think about the Holocaust. That, those are, you know, that when I grew up, you know, when, you know, you saw... You know, my grandfather had a friend who had the tattoo on his arm, and you asked, what was that about? And then you learned about the Holocaust, because we have a responsibility to do so. I see this in the same way. 
if you aren't educated and you don't know enough, you're damned to repeat the past. That's right. And yep. I think that is a dangerous, terribly bad thing. And so I, I, I think that we're in a, in a scary place and a scary time in our world. And I don't, um, and you've got a, a governor who is um, punitive and, and um, petulant, quite frankly, as we saw in a special session, um, to punish the largest tourism driver, um, economic driver and employer in our state um, because of their um, opposition to a bill that he advocated on behalf of. Um, is wrong. I think you see it in some of the lawmakers, um, you know, with the sentiment of we do it because we can, you know, right. threatening, you know, there was an, a news article. Yeah, a news article this week about a lawmaker um, who, you know, threatened a an organization that deals with um, children with exceptionalities because they had some they were honoring somebody that that individual didn't like. How, where, what are we doing? Yeah. What? How did we Why? Get, how did we get and here? And I just right? think it's that absolute power corrupting absolutely, unfortunately. Well, listen, I, you know, I, I always heard that Mickey Mouse knew karate, and I, I don't see that happening right now with the Disney thing. I don't, I don't, I don't see Mickey fighting. Uh, but, I, I, but I hope no, we do. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's a, you know, it's um, it's a scary time. Yeah. It's a scary time. Well, listen, I, I, I know that you, I mean, just as we wrap up here, uh, you've got a election coming up. Redistricting has changed everything for everybody. I know you got a, a race coming up that uh, um, that you got to get ready for and, and, and come out swinging. But what I'd like to you know say from the perspective of your second home here in Tallahassee, uh, we we hope that uh, as Democratic leader, you, you um, are able to do what you need to do and get more senators elected. And we hope that that means you come back as well. <laughs> so, so, um, just I, uh, do your I thing. I plan right? on it. I plan <laughs> on it. <laughs> well, do your thing. You know, it's going to be a busy summer. It's going to be a busy summer and a busy fall because I, you know, I intend on being there. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and working really hard to bring back, members of our caucus who are going to fight the good fight and do the things that need to be done that matter to everyday Floridians, like making sure that they can put food on the table for their children, not having to work three and four jobs to afford a place to live, um, you know, doing the things that matter and doing it in a way that is respectful of and, and, and manages um, the, the state budget and policy in a way that is respectful of every Floridian. And so I, I intend on it and I intend to lead our caucus back, hopefully with more members than we currently have so that we can do that work because I know um, that Floridians deserve better and we're going to fight to make sure that happens. Well, Senator Lauren Book, Democratic leader Lauren Book, thank you. And thank you for the way you ended here because we need more balance. You know, we, we, need, we need more people uh, so that the numbers are close more Democrats so the numbers are close so that real dialogue is happening uh, and that you have an opportunity to, to, to you know, stop bad things. And uh, so you're the person to get that done. So we're counting on you. <laughs> and uh, I laugh, but I laugh Thank because you. I know how monumental it is. 
but I've known you a long time and I know you're charged up. So, uh, listener, Senator Lauren Book gave us her time. We appreciate you and we hope you come back uh, on the show uh, sometime soon. Okay. Well, you know, I have a face for radio, so it would be my pleasure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you know what? They've already I seen your you. face. We love you, too, and we'll talk to you real soon. Listen, <laughs> stay with us for a <laughs> short Pittman Thanks. point right after this. It's time for Pittman's Point on 96.1 Jams. Welcome back to the show, and what a great conversation with Senator Lauren Book. Uh, listen, y'all, a tough subject uh, that she's dealt with for most of her life, but happy that she shared it with us and happy that she's uh, putting forth some real legislation to help other kids that may find themselves in a situation uh, like she was in. Uh, as I said in the beginning of the show, DMC, uh, the king of rock, will be on the show next week. So you got to join us because uh, the guy is absolutely fabulous. You might even get to hear me rap. Um, you know, I might say something like two years ago, a friend of mine asked me to say this MC rhyme. I might say something like that without messing up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, y'all, guess what? This show, Sean Pittman show has been on the air for three years now, three years. So I, I, I want to take a moment just to thank Jamie Van Pelt of ESP Media for always doing a great job in producing this show. And uh, uh, Toy Force, the speed racer, y'all. Who um, is the on the wheels of steels and the engineer that keeps everything going? Uh, but mostly, I know they join me and want to thank all of you for staying engaged and staying involved and staying a part of this show. Uh, we don't know how long we're gonna do it, <laughs> but for right now, we are. Uh, we feel like we have a place um, in this space, and your comments keep us going week after week so Pittman Point today is happy anniversary um, Sean Pittman show and uh, a big thank you to our listeners we'll see you in seven this is the Sean Pittman show on 96.1 jams Tallahassee's big station we got this